Hey, this is Evergreen, where our stories never go out of season. I'm Caleb, and I'm an audio engineer, and that's Mitchell. And I'm a journalist, and here we explore the one thing that brings us together, storytelling. Every tale is written from prompts that are given to us by our listeners. And then we bring those stories to life with atmosphere and sound design. And today's storyteller is West Side Fairy Tales. Really honored to have them on, and the topics we got were... A fishing trip. U.S. war crimes. And a missing key. So prepare yourselves for another incredible story, West Side Fairy Tales, Best Left Forgotten. March came in after 30 years, blowing in cold on February's heels and leaving aches in every bone. Marta watched as he tossed his clothes around the cabin bedroom. An unbuttoned linen shirt caught the air over their heads and floated sideways through the room like a ghost. It fell over the heavy oak curio box he'd brought with them when they'd traveled up to Montana, the only familiar remnant of their old lives. Pandora's box, as much as Marta's, had come with Howard the way old baggage comes with any man. Like Bluebeard's wife, she wasn't ever to open the thing. Thirty years of marriage and she'd obeyed that one request, even when things were tough. Even when Howard had crashed the Ford driving home drunk and uninsured, forcing them to ride the bus for two years to afford a new car. Even when their son Michael had to be dragged kicking and screaming to rehab. Even when she could have, she never asked to see what was in the box. She peeked, of course. Caught glimpses of small, rattling things and old black and white photographs. He kept banal stuff in there, too, his passport, his social security card, the discharge papers that proved his honorable exit from the Marines, and the laundry list of awards and medals and ribbons and whatnot that the government had brokered him in trade for his youth. He'd been a broken man when they'd met, sorry-eyed and drunk, slopping into a restaurant at 4 a.m. in his ill-fitting security officer's uniform. He'd worked for Walther Security, a big name down in Arson County, West Virginia, she is a waitress, cook, and manager in her father's small diner outside of Blunt. She still didn't know why she'd started talking to him. Maybe she'd never know, though she didn't have a single regret about doing so. Thirty years, no regrets. I'm going outside, he said, flipping the suitcase off the bed so hard she saw the shell of it crack. Marta crossed her arms and glared at him. Even at 54, he was a big man, all neck and shoulders and bulging arms. Marta watched him trudge outside after he put on all his ice fishing gear. He looked like a bear, waddling over the ice to the little shack in the middle of their frozen lake. The lake itself looked like a great, frost-white coin dropped into the center of the valley. She looked at the key, his key, the one he'd been looking for, as his silhouette grew small against the expanse of white. Brass and nearly as small as a ring finger, it hung from a worn leather thong he usually kept laced around one of his belt loops. The way he cinched it there bunched up the fabric, the slip not tightening until it looked like it popped the stitching in the denim. It hung off him the same way too, always had. He carried it in the curio box from place to place like he was carrying his own gravestone chained to his throat. In thirty years, he'd never so much as let her touch the key. He'd even slapped her once, back when he was drinking, because he caught her taking it off his pants. He'd woken up the next morning with a fat lip, a hangover, and a choice kick the booze or hit the road. He hadn't had a drop since then. 27 years ago this April, Marta thought with a smile. 
That year they'd had their first and only child, a son named Michael. A pretty brown-eyed boy who would climb anything his little hands and feet could find purchase on. It hurt her to think of him. Still, maybe forever. Howard stopped having his nightmares when the boy was born. Nightmares he would wake from thrashing and screaming. Nightmares that would leave their bedsheets soaked through with sweat. After Michael was born, she'd only ever hear the light, healthy crying of the little boy in the next room over at night. Sometimes she'd get up and find them both on the living room couch. The boy asleep in his father's arms and both of them bathed in moonlight. She turned the key in the curio's lock. It snapped open with an oily click. The thing was older than their marriage and somehow still new, raw, fresh. Howard had held Michael one last time in November. The last time. Police had found him with a few others in a motel in Charleston after a call from the manager. The party that had checked into that room the night before had failed to make the checkout time. The manager hadn't even bothered to go upstairs and look. The police said, just made the call. It was just that sort of place, they said. Just that sort of place. Howard's nightmares had come back after that. Worse, maybe, than they'd ever been before Michael was born. They buried their son and sold the restaurant, then got as far from Blunt, West Virginia as they could go. Marta had dreamed up a bucket list for both of them, and that list had taken them to Bozeman, Montana for ice fishing. They'd left every picture, every stick of furniture, every single thing they owned behind them, buried in West Virginia as much as their dead son. Everything but the box. The box came, and the nightmares followed. Of that she was sure. Marta opened the curio, removing Howard's passport and a plastic baggie containing his driver's license and social security card. Beneath that were maybe half a dozen yellowing teeth, his old dog tags, and a black and white photo of him in the Marines. Grim-looking men stood either side of him, all heavily armed and dirty, streaked with mud and camouflage paint. They looked as much a part of the sweating Vietnam jungle around them as the broad-leaved palms hanging over their heads. Marta sighed and poked through the box some more, making sure there wasn't anything else important in there before locking it closed. Then she pulled on her parka and boots and set off for the ice fishing shack. It was an ancient, hunched thing that had maybe seen more winters than her. It had a bowed back and bristled with splinters and frayed shingles, so that it looked something like a great black dog laying on the ice. She felt intimidated, looking at it in the great expanse of cold nothing that she'd have to cross to get to it. But her husband was in there, so cross it she did. She found Howard sitting red-eyed, with a bottle of Jack Daniels in his lap. Where'd you get that? She asked. Gas station, he said. I couldn't make myself open it. I've been trying for days. He grinned at her and pointed at the hole in the ice. Got that drilled, though. Harder than it looks. A lot of things are, she said, holding the curio out for him to see. She was and wasn't surprised to see him afraid as much as angry. He finally opened it? He asked. Yep, she said. Thirty years, he said. I can't believe you lasted that long. You're always underestimating me, Mr. Bryce, Marta said, with half a smile on her face. Now, what's with the teeth? She took a seat on the upturned bucket across from him, unlocking the curio and handing it to him. He stroked the teeth with his finger, 
making them rattle across the wood. After a long time, he spoke. There was a sniper beside where we were in Vietnam. Tried everything to get him, then to avoid him. We ceded a lot of territory to this guy, but he just kept killing us. Just wouldn't stop. Howard took a breath. So we went into a town where he liked to sleep and we burned it to the ground. Kept burning those villages until he got mad, got messy. He slipped up, we caught him. Howard pointed into the box. Those are his teeth, he said, voice sharp. We pulled them while he was alive. One for each of our boys he took. There are 15 in there, and we said every goddamn name while he screamed. Then we shot him in the head and burned him in a pit. Animals probably got the rest. Howard looked like he was about to puke. I just wanted him dead. But the other guys? He shook his head. It's not something you can stop once it gets going. And you can't tell anybody. Because there isn't a soul in the fucking world cares as much about you as they do. Not a soul. He put his face into his hands and wept. Not a soul. Marta knelt beside him and held his head against her chest until the sobbing stopped. He finally looked up at her, red-eyed. Our son died because he gave up on himself, Marta said, her own eyes now red-rimmed. We never gave up on him. You never did. And I'll never give up on you. The next day, they were gone. Checked out early and heading west to try their luck in Vegas, or so they said. The clerk who came to clean up their rooms in the fishing shed out on the lake would come to find an unopened bottle of Jack Daniels sitting in the corner. He didn't notice the warped picture of a group of young men with grim faces, floating on the surface of the water in the fishing hole when he sealed it. The last remainder of a box of bad memories, given to the water to fall and fade and be gone with all the other things best left forgotten. Well, first off, I guess we want to thank Tyler Bell for creating such an incredible story and probably one of the most powerful ones that we've had on Evergreen. Yeah, really, really personal. It was, I can't explain how honored we are to have it. And second off, I guess, really, I hope everyone had a good Memorial Day yesterday, honestly. We were really happy to get to be able to time this story with that holiday and kind of just get to pay tribute to the people that paid that ultimate price for us, honestly. It was really nice. So we hope you all had... Fun having a barbecue or whatever it is you did yesterday. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed the episode. Um, Honestly, some of the scenes in Vietnam were actually uh, almost a little difficult for me to add sounds to because of how intense they were, and it kind of got me to think a little bit. And honestly, yeah, no, it's kind of thought-provoking. War isn't really something that I think people who haven't experienced it can really understand. So I, I really... I'm really thankful that people like Tyler, thank you, are able to write stories and, and kind of put 
the reality of that on pen to paper for people to be able to listen to and kind of see that that side of things because things things like coming back from coming back to the home front and PTSD and stuff like that those are real heavy issues that just don't get talked about unless it's in like a super formal setting so to be able to talk about it in more of a storytelling setting I think is really powerful it's stuff like kind of like like even stuff like Saving Private Ryan where like veterans who from World War II who saw it or like that took me back to Omaha and it's like well no 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 one who didn't who wasn't there really knew what it was like until they were able to see a great story and even then it's only really a piece of the pie it's only a piece of the puzzle and can we just talk about the awesome ending of it of how just unbelievably optimistic it is despite the story being so very very um it's very dark and it's also very cold it doesn't help that the well i mean i guess it does help that that vibe with the fact that it's it takes place in the snow half of the of the episode but the ending has such a cool optimistic kind of um push for it by him leaving the the bottle of jack daniels in the the um in the water or on the ice which eventually melts and then also the photo is there as well which I don't know. It just kind of no, best nice. left forgotten is an awesome phrase, and it kind of sums up the ending perfectly and gives us a nice little thing to take home and be like, oh, well, that's not the end of the story. Yeah, it's easy enough to kind of just end it on a depressing note, but to look at it and say there is life after all this and there is beauty after all it this. It is easy to write a story that is just bad, 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 bad things happen, bad things happen, and then it's just over. And, you know, the tragedy route, I mean, I like tragedies, but I think sometimes that's that can be the easy way out. And I think to make something a lot more thought-provoking is a really cool way to end this story because the characters that are... I feel like I know um, the characters in this story more than almost any story we've ever had because we know so much about their history. We know about their son who passed away from, uh, I believe, overdosing. Uh, We know all, all about their relationship and about their past and the abuse that took place and the alcoholism. And so I feel like I know these characters. and They're so real to, people. Yeah, and so, so to hear... Um, of an ending like that, I'm like, oh, well, I hope they're, I, I wish them well. I wish them, I, I hope that they succeed in their lives endeavors from this point on. Yeah, it's a nice thing that it leaves you with. You're able to think about, you're able to ponder a story that doesn't just end on a depressing note and kind of ponder how many people do you know out there that may be served and are maybe like this. And it, it makes it makes Memorial Day a little bit more impactful because it's a day to celebrate the people that didn't come back. And it's like, man, it's just... I cannot say I cannot like impress enough how honored I am that we had this on the that we had this on Evergreen. Yeah, it was definitely one of my favorite ones to add sound design to. I was really inspired for this one, so thank you for submitting this again, Tyler Grell. Yeah, and and thank you Westside Fairy Tales for contributing. Just in general, I, I don't actually know how many or who is involved in the production. If that's just Tyler Grell, or if there's a whole team involved, but thank you everybody involved because. First of all, it's a fantastic. You guys are a fantastic podcast, but also the story is is really great, and it's just kind of cool that we get to say that that your podcast wrote such a cool story for ours. And I think we should uh, let Tyler talk a little bit about how he went about writing that story. Hey, everybody! This is Tyler Bell from the West Side Fairy Tales podcast, and you just heard my story, best left forgotten. When Mitchell sent me the topics for this story, the first vibrant image in my mind was a worn copper key laying in a woman's hand. It just kind of popped in there, as things do, after I read the prompt. For the rest, I drew on my time in the United States Marine Corps, where I was an infantry machine gunner, and my experiences in combat zones in Iraq. To be, uh, (laughs) overly understated, war is a very intense experience, and things can go ass up in ways you never believe possible in a handful of seconds. 
Howard's mental state is a pretty common reaction to that environment. But hey, if you like that story, you should check out my storytelling podcast, The West Side Fairy Tales, a horror and dark fiction anthology of stories that all take place in the same universe. I write, read, and produce all the episodes, which are about 30 to 40 minutes long and released on the first Friday of every month. Visit us at westsidefairytales.com and follow us on social media at WS Fairy Tales on Twitter and Westside Fairy Tales on Instagram and Facebook to learn more. Until then, stay safe out there. Well, yeah, there it is. I hope you guys all hop over, give their podcast a listen. It's honestly one of the better storytelling podcasts that I that I found out there. It's a really nice. I throw it on on my drive a lot. So definitely head over, check out Westside Fairy Tales. Yeah, I like it. Storytelling for the sake of storytelling. That's one of my favorite kinds of you know podcasts. But it is time for us to move on and time for us to get some topics ready for next week. Uh, we do want to remind you guys, though, that if you want to get a hold of us, if you want to send us topics for stories or if you want to uh, just ask us questions about things, uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Evergreencast. And if you're lucky on Instagram, maybe every once in a while you'll be able to follow us and find the devastating uh, tale and journey of me uh, going through the episode and editing it and the fun computer that Computer I- <laughs> viruses, post-production. Ed- we had, yeah, I had a computer virus Coffee pro- at 2 just, just before recording this and I, I had to work on it for just, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's always fun. So Instagram is definitely a good thing. Yeah. But it's time to roll some new topics. Uh, next week, we actually have another guest. Lo and behold, someone still wants to be on our podcast. We have Jeff Harris is going to be writing the story for us. And he is bringing along professional voice actor Gary Williams to read it for him. It's going to be it's gonna be a real treat. I'm super excited. All right. Well, that sounds like a fantastic duo. So how about we roll the topics for that? Let's do this. So I have something to look forward to. Okay. Sue. So, uh, five. Five. That is Googling. The verb, the verb googling. googling. That's from AJ Harris. Thank you, AJ, for friend googling. of the pod. Friend of the pod is a <laughs> <laughs> storyteller of the pod. <laughs> Ex storyteller. Well, you know. uh, fourteen. Fourteen. Uh, that's a blind narrator, and that comes from Valerie. Thank you, Valerie. Fantastic. Uh, the last one that we have is thirty. Thirty. Thirty is a deserted '89 Ford Bronco, uh, and that one comes from Sarah Waylander. Fantastic. Well, okay, so Googling a blind narrator in a deserted 89 Ford Bronco. That Man, sounds I like, like a, that last topic yeah, so that much. That sounds awesome. That sounds fantastic. It's going to be a fun story. I can't wait to see what we get. So we hope you guys all had a great Memorial Day. We hope you're having a great day today back at the offices or wherever it is that you or work. driving your car. Work. Or at work and just kind of bored or working in a warehouse or driving a forklift. Hopefully not. Actually, it's illegal to drive a forklift and listen to something at the same time. So stop listening to this podcast if you're driving a forklift right now. Anyway, happy Memorial Day just passed. Hope you had a great weekend, a long weekend. And we can't wait to come at you again with another story. 